So this podcast is all about getting us to engage with our sense of smell more, right? To really celebrate it from lots of different angles. But what I also hope to do is to open up our minds to new perspectives, to consider other points of view, ones that might be different to what we currently believe to be true or to understand. For me, it's all about inclusion and about expansion, expanding our mind and taking in the voices that are not our own. I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from my guest today because she does just that. She expands our mind to see another perspective. So let me tell you a little bit about her. My guest, Dana Almazri, is a perfumer, interdisciplinary artist, lecturer, and storyteller whose unique perception is inspired by the sights, scents, and sounds of our current contemporary landscape, as well as her deeply rooted Egyptian Lebanese cultures and global life experience. She's the owner of Jasmine Sarai, an artisan line of small batch unisex perfumes and scented products handmade in Montreal, Canada. Dana and a few others are shaking things up a little in the perfume industry, in a good way. As she says, it's about pushing the industry forward in a modern and mindful way. So I want you to hear her perspective. Here's the thing, though. What she talks about doesn't just apply to the fragrance industry. In fact, it can apply to any industry. So keep that in mind as you hear the conversation. Ultimately, I think you'll discover that each and every one of us brings a unique perspective to the table based on a lifetime of individual experiences. And therein lies the beauty. So I won't hold you up any longer. Hear for yourself and enjoy my conversation with Dana Elmazri. This is an aromatic life the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Kagalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. Hey, Dana, I want to welcome you to An Aromatic Life. Hi, Franca. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you here. I've been wanting to have you on because I love your perspectives. I love the work that you're doing. It's very different to what a lot of people know. And I think that's important that people get to know you and get to know your work. So I hope this is an opportunity for all my listeners and everybody out there to get to know um, what you're trying to do, um, you know, just to amplify that voice a little bit more. So thank you for coming on. It means a lot to me. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I'm going to start because this is where I always start. You know, this is a podcast about our sense of smell, mm -hmm. which you're aware of. So I, I love the like, podcast. I love I love a lot of the episodes. So informative. Um, oh, everything that you've been sharing with the world, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. So I want to get your perspective on our sense of smell, and I just want to ask the. To me, it's a simple question, but it's not a simple question really. But what do you think of when I say sense of smell? What comes to mind for you? Oh, I'm very polysensory, so a lot of things. Ooh. I, I think of colors, I think of feelings, emotions, I think of my first smells, I think of my family a lot. I think of people, um, places, nature. 
I think, yeah, all of those things at the same time. Wow. Sounds like connection to me. Sounds like it's just being connected to a lot of different things. Yes. What I've really been able to hone in on and enjoy throughout my very short career, uh, because this is a lifetime type of deal, um, is exactly that. All of the cross connections, all the things that cross over and scent has um, the ability to kind of be in everything without people realizing it in a way or another. Right? It's true. It's true. You're right. Um, what I've gathered from all I've read about you and heard about you is that you've lived in a lot of different places, right? I mean, you have a very global perspective, which I love. I'd like to think I've lived in a lot of places, but you've definitely lived in more places. Than I I yes. Yes. My parents have given me um, a lot of opportunities in life. And I'm really, really grateful for that, uh, which makes me a little emotional sometimes thinking about it. Um, but I'm a mix myself. So I'm half Lebanese, half Egyptian. So even though on the outside, they're both Arab, they're very different cultures and different dialects and very different um, people. So it's really interesting to see those differences and those dichotomies in my parents. And I was born in Budapest in Hungary, which is a really random place to be born. That's supposed to be so beautiful. I haven't been there, but I hear so many. I've, I've only returned in my teens. Uh, okay. okay. I was lucky to, to, to experience it. And my mom took me back to the hospital I was born and all of these beautiful things. And yeah, Budapest or Budapest is really beautiful. Uh, the, the river is stunning. The architecture is, is really divine. And I'm very um, fascinated by the Hungarian language because there aren't a lot of languages like the Hungarian language. I think ah. it has, um, I forgot the the origin, but I believe it has connections to Finnish and another language, but that's it. Oh, interesting. So it's very, yes. It's not um, like a, a Latin language or- No, you know, like no, a, not at no, all. And it doesn't, so... there's nothing that sounds like it either. So it's, it's really interesting. So I was told that as a baby, I spoke English, Arabic, and Hungarian at the same time for a very short period of time. How but, exciting. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it, unfortunately, so I can't say I speak it, but that's that's the random fun fact. And then I grew up in Dubai, so I lived there for 15 years, I would say. I grew up there, um, so okay. a lot of my scent memories are related to, to Emirati culture, for sure. Interesting. So when did you move from... I, I moved very young. So I, I moved in 89 and I was a year and a half. So I was a baby. Okay. And then I left uh, to come study. Uh, so I was 17 when I left or 18, just turned 18. And I came here to Montreal to study communications. So uh -huh. I have a bachelor's in communication studies and sound production. And then I went to France <laughs> to nice. study perfumery. A few years later, it just found me and I haven't really looked back since. Like, I can't even imagine not doing what I do because it's been 11 years now. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine. And so, uh, and then I came back, I started Jasmine Sarai, uh, came back to Montreal and then I moved to New York. Oh, you did, you were in New York for a while. I, I've lived in New York for a little bit. I was working, I was the in-house perfumer at Joya, Joya uh -huh. Studio and continued Jasmine Sarai, but not very well. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to do both, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really hard to do both. Uh, and then I came back to Montreal and now I'm here for now, but who knows? Who knows? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so 
I have to go back now. Okay. Because so many of our scent memories are in the first 10 years of our life or just in our childhood in general. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to just explore that a little bit before we get into the, into today. Um, So I can't imagine in the first, since you were only one and a half, when you left Hungary, you can remember um, what that smelled like, but can you remember any episodes? Like, were you a big smeller when you were little? Were you connected with your sense of smell growing up? Absolutely. She's nodding. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I think also the fact that I'm so sensory yes. uh, has added to the strength of my memory. Okay, sure. Yeah. Cause my, my dad always said that I have, um, how do I translate this into English? Like that I have a, a memory of the, of an elephant. Yeah. I remember everything. And I think it's because a lot of my memories are like, I remember details or situations uh, in a very sensory way. And I guess that's how I perceive things so sensorially. Therefore, it's easier to remember things. So a lot of my scent memories, uh, I have a lot of scent memories. And I think the earliest would maybe have started as early as four, which for some wow. start started then, but it was because I had some random experience where I had to travel by myself, actually Ooh. from Beirut to Dubai. And I remember the smell of the gasoline. Interesting. Do you know, it's uh, funny you say that because um, when I was six, we moved from Germany to the US. And the thing that I remember about arriving in Chicago at O'Hare Airport when I was six years old, is the smell of the gasoline. Now, granted, this was in the 70s, so mm-hmm. car emissions were pretty bad, but I, I remember the gasoline too. So that's interesting. It's interesting. So it's a really yeah. strong thing, isn't yeah. it? Smell and that. it's also one of those things where uh, you'll notice it more when, because you notice it a lot less now that we have those those tunnel situations. Yes. I don't know what they're called, right? <laughs> those tunnel but situations, it, I like Yeah, that. but like it, for you in the 70s or for me, and this was the 90s, early 90s, I... Uh, Arriving in Dubai, we got off of the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, One of those jet, and jetways. Grab, yeah, and then you grab a, a bus. So you're in, you're on the tarmac, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah. the scent is much more apparent than it is now, where we don't really smell it that much, if you think about it, boarding a plane anymore. It's true. We're isolated. We're so isolated these days. Everything is yeah. just... Yeah. So I'm not surprised that upon arrival, that is something <laughs> that a kid would... Like notice. Remember. Yes. It's an, it's an assault it, on yes. your senses. <laughs> totally. And for me, it was such a scary experience because I was traveling alone, but I remember everything about it. I remember what I was wearing, uh, the flight attendant who helped me. That's why I have a soft spot for flight attendants. Yes, yes. All of these different things, and they were all sensorial. So I think that's kind of how I remember remember things. And I have so many scent memories, and a lot of them are related to where I grew up, so Dubai, absolutely. And then um, I was lucky enough to grow up near my Egyptian grandparents who lived in Dubai oh, at some point. Excellent. And they were big on perfume. Oh, very good. So they were probably an influence. Oh, huge influence. I mean, my grandpa was really into Jaipur by Boucheron, which was such a beautiful fragrance. And my grandma would uh, wear a lot of Estee Lauder or Dior. So she was really into all of that fancy stuff. <laughs> Because uh, to us, that's fancy, you know, because it's like French and, and colonial in a way, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and people aspire to that, which is ironic. But yeah, that's that. That's what it was. And then also my dad and my mom wore fragrances that were really interesting and unique. And I would remember them as well. Uh, my dad wore Fahrenheit and my mom hated it. But I remember <laughs> loving it and being like, what is this? This smells very 
interesting. And Fahrenheit, like back in the day with the methyl octane carbonate, uh, the original without the regulation smelt very unusual and extremely um, polarizing. Uh, so he was trying to make a statement, yeah. But he didn't think about that. Like my dad doesn't think about those things. It was just, he liked it or he didn't. Um, okay. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't think about that. And I thought, and later in life, when I started knowing, like knowing what he's worn and being in perfume, I'd be like, dad, did you realize you actually have really good taste? Which is why it makes me mad that he wears like Aqua de Gio now. Right. After all of that. Right, right. That's interesting. Because yeah, but he was I wearing CK1. Really? All kinds, of, all kinds yeah. of fragrances. Yeah. So he was really into it. That's good. And he was he wearing was like it for himself. Yeah, subconsciously. I like that. Or like very fashion forward without knowing or sent forward rather. Right, 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 right. No, that's great. Do you remember your first perfume? Yes. Um, I have bottles of it, like just random in my, my collection. Do? That's nice. Called Soleil by Fragonard. Okay. I don't think I've smelled that one. It's kind of, well, I mean, Fragonard perfumes are kind of a mix of things, right? They're not like the most original, let's say, but I have a soft spot for it because I was 12. Okay. And my Lebanese aunt lives in Paris with her family. And so we went to visit and then my parents took us to Grasse. Ah. and I was in I mean, love yeah I mean once you go to grass you you have yeah. to go back immediately <laughs> but, I mean it's so great it. I mean it, this it just shows how perfumery and like fragrance is so kismet for me because I go there at 12 I find this perfume called soleil which means sun which is always which was the symbol my mom gave me in Hungary in daycare oh. and so it's always been uh and I grew up in the desert and I just I love the sun I love the heat so it's always been my symbol and to have this beautiful perfume with this gorgeous flacon of the sun I can show it to you but I can't show the, the listeners the listeners yeah. sadly um but I'm sure you can find it online and it's a it's a very like sunny floral it's a it's full of bouquet like it's got iris and hyacinth and jasmine and rose so it's quite Ooh. like opulent yeah. for a 12 year old <laughs> right you were making a statement at 12 yeah Although, I'm really surprised uh, it, but it was it, also fresh okay I mean in, it wasn't in, like heavy Dubai were were teenagers wearing a lot of perfume I mean was it part of the culture to be expressive um, through scent would you say yes and no it depends on what your culture is because dubai is a it's a micro it's like That's a multicultural true. hodgepodge of so many expats so the locals as we used to refer to them and still do are the emiratis and the emiratis have a very strong and special olfactory culture right that does permeate into daily situations like with bukhur uh, or in weddings uh funerals uh, even just having people over. So there is that element. Very but, ceremonial. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And very ritualistic. Um, and you'll notice it also in the sense that like you'll have a lot of access to it in the old souk, the market or the, the malls, you'll have a lot of perfume brands. So you do have a lot of access to perfume products, but we're like, I went to international school. So my experience was very international. I feel very comfortable with a mix of different people from everywhere, but also my personal like Arabic culture when it comes to scent is very different than what I grew up with which is oud and rose and saffron and stuff like that for Got us it. Egyptians it's jasmine it's orange blossom it's, yeah. it's it's things like that um whereas in Lebanon it's laurel or pine or cedar or jasmine as well so there's other elements of of scent that are 
in nature and also in culture and used in product and food, et cetera, that are very, very different than the GCC, which is a whole other right. situation. Because even Oman outside of the UAE has their own um, influences from India, there's yeah. Zanzibar, there's all of this crossover with spices and food and scent and even in jewelry, it's, it's, it's amazing. What I just love about what you're saying is that, you know, if I think about living here in the U.S. and and the U.S. culture, I don't find it scent centric at all. Like when you, I mean, maybe through food a little bit, but it's not mm. typically very spicy. And if anything, it would just be influenced. It's getting better. I mean, compared to when I first moved here, certainly you have access to a lot more um, multicultural food, and 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 that's a way to get to understand somebody's culture, right? Is through food, Absolutely. Yes. Um, if nothing else. But I, I do envy that you had this opportunity to have this, this multicultural experience, even just in Dubai. It's kind of like the US then in that sense. There's a lot of different people who live in the US, even in Canada, right? But um, it's not scent centric, which I find sad. And I wish it would be more. <laughs> You know, it's it's a little it's it feels a little um, sterile and like let's Absolutely, make sure yeah. we we get rid of scent if anything. You yes, know, it's, Absolutely, but like I think it's breeze. also environment. Like I live in Montreal and scents disappear for six months of the year and it makes yeah. me very sad. Yeah, and it's hard to to continue that kind of scent experience outside because you're not you don't want to be outside for the right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to experience the snow. I can't smell anything in snow. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like when you go outside and you're walking out in the cold, your hair starts to smell like metallic. Oh, what does is that it? weird scent that occurs? It's like aldehydic metallic. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It just doesn't smell good. Right, right, um, right, right. Yeah. Know? I'm lucky. I'm in California now. So our oh, weather is still pretty yeah. good. So, but, but, I know it from California Chicago, right? Yeah. I know it from Chicago. So California is amazing. Actually, California reminded me a lot of Dubai in terms of some of the scents. And it's because of the same, like, or the Middle East in general or Southwest Asia, um, it, because of the, the same flora. Yeah, you're right. You know, there's a lot of the same bougainvillea. You've got jasmine, you've got orange yes. blossom, lemon yes. blossom, all kinds of really beautiful uh, things and I was actually talking to a couple of Angelinos and um, they were saying you know it's like one long day in a, in a way because it's hard to they, they came to Montreal to to experience the seasons and they were saying though that it's it's great because you can tell the seasons by smell in LA because of the different trees yes. and, and yes. flowers that grow and I love that so much about LA because I'm a walker and I'm the one of the only oh. people who walk in LA really oh I, we love to walk here in the Bay Area so San Francisco we do walk a lot and right now we are getting some rain it's so exciting and what I love about that is it brings out because it's been so dry here mm -hmm. um, and so the trees have almost been storing all of their essential oils if yeah. you will and the humidity and, brings it all out yeah. yeah so we have a lot of eucalyptus trees here and oh, does that smell good when it starts to rain? I mean, that's when you, you know, just it's, it's beautiful. I feel like I'm in Australia, right? Because I'm sure they brought that in from Australia at some point. Oh, <laughs> Somebody did, but I'm glad they did because they're so beautiful to smell. So, All right. So wonderful. So you've lived in a lot of different places. You're, you, you bring all of that to, to where you are today. So let's talk about today a little bit. Um, you're a perfumer, you're an interdisciplinary artist, 
you're a writer and you're an educator. I've, I've attended some of your uh, workshops. I love it. You're the things Thank you've you. done. Well, <laughs> yeah. I should say I'm a lecturer now because I'm not trained to be a teacher. Oh, okay. Means. You're a lecturer. Very good. Yes, Very my good. mom was like, hey, we need to change that word. I'm like, you're right. You're right. Let's be correct. <laughs> because so many people call themselves all kinds of things and I'm not that kind of person. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but I love what you say on your website. And I thought I'd just repeat it here for the listeners. Um, my focus is on the importance of scent in social interaction, multicultural representation in perfumery. So important. We're going to talk about that. And public scent education. There's so much misinformation. So I just love what you're trying to do. Tell me about that a little bit. Why did you feel that was important to do? Obviously, there's a lot missing, right? So you thought, this is something I, I imagine you said I, I have to do. But tell me about exactly. your journey to get there. How did you decide this is what you want to do? It kind of just felt exactly like I had to do it. Uh, and also just because I mean, I wanted to express my experience in grass. So it, it actually started with the Sentinel, which was my blog. And I started it in 2011, which is when I, like I graduated and I came back and okay. I decided, okay, I'd love to talk about the experience. People were, some people were curious and I had a lot of time to figure out what I wanted to do. And I really liked to write. And so I just decided, okay, let's, let's just, you know, do a couple of posts here and there about the experience. Then it turned into uh, talking about molecules or doing spotlights on perfumers or people behind the scenes because I started noticing that most of the public had no idea that even perf like perfumers existed or yep. how any of their scented products were made. And now that I've had this insi insider, so-called insider, um, insight <laughs> it changed everything for me like going to grass changed my whole perspective number one I felt much more um, let's say confident in my skills because now I knew that I'm like okay this is not that I like you, you know you need it's it's a lifetime kind of career so you'll never stop learning but I needed the basic know-how to do things and I was taught by amazing teachers and so I knew that was such a privilege. And I also knew that, I think it's self-imposed, um, but I was always and have been often the only Arab in the room and mm. or person from this entire region. So it's it was kind of like, we had a very multicultural 12 people in our GIP oh, class. Okay. Uh, yes, we had, um, we had mostly women. We only had one guy, which was the only thing that was a little off. But everyone was from different countries. We had uh, we had um, Japan, Germany, but all this to say it was a very multicultural blend of people. So it was really interesting to learn from each other. And, and so all of this to say, I went back with all of that information. But sorry, I digress sometimes and then I go off tangent. So you have to catch me. No, no, no. I mean, what that tells me is that you were, again, you're a very sensory person and you were very aware of the fact that, wow, there's not, you know, I have this experience, I have this background, this cultural background, and I'm not seeing much, uh, you know, much expression of what my background can offer to the perfume world, I guess is what I want to say. Well, I mean, um, I didn't, I also saw a lot of misrepresentation. And that's what really 
Okay. Because it was just a lot of like, I mean, it's so layered, right? But it was one, I was one of the very few of my kind, let's say, who was there and ever since. Yeah. But secondly, a lot of the things that were being taught to us and the Oriental category and all these things were, you know, like the stories behind Opium or Shalimar. And I'd be like, wow, but that's actually like incorrect. Like I've been (laughs) in this place. That's not true. And so even from a personal experience, I kept feeling very unseen and misunderstood and not like represented in any way. And there was so much misrepresentation, not just in my culture, but other cultures to the point of, of really diluting all of these messages in, in for the sake of fantasy. And that's when it started to be like, okay, that's interesting. It only became kind of like political to me because perfume is political and it's sociopolitical. It's all of those things. We cannot deny it. And it's absolutely cultural. Um, it's only until many years later did I have the confidence to, 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 to be public about that. So I'm very much focused on, okay, I see such a difference in what I now know and have learned versus what the public really understands of what we do. And that's when I was like, okay, let me just give you some insight. And then comparing it to music, because that was something that really kept coming back to me uh, in school and beyond. And also that's when I also discovered my synesthesia. So all of these cross-modal connections started kind of like connecting and becoming a a little bit more real. And so it started with the Sentinel and that's kind of how I also connected to people in the industry slowly because I I'm a, I was a nobody like I had no connections I knew nobody and not only that being in North America me and Ashley Kessler were the only people who were in North America at the time or from North America at the time in France everyone else went back to different parts of Europe or Asia which was a lot easier to get jobs for us it was way more way harder because the fragrance industry was very slowly becoming something but the only way you could get in is again an apprenticeship at the bigger houses etc yeah very exclusive yes for sure so many layers there that i want to talk about what you just said i want to just start i think we should just get right into it i want to talk about this oriental and this this oh. movement you and, and Yosh have, which I, I think is, I mean, I'm sure there's others too, but I know. Oh yes, it was a group effort for sure. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, explain to the listeners who might not know. I know a lot of people know about it, but not enough people know about it. Can we talk about that a little bit? This this movement that's happening around the word Oriental, which is a perfumery term that's been around forever. I know when I was in the fragrance industry, you know, that's the word you used. And I'm so glad you're doing something about it. So talk to us about that a little bit. I was so scared. I'm so yeah, scared. It's scary. It's like going, it's like going up against the big monster. Right? Yeah. Cause people are calling us all kinds of names and claiming we're like, we're like, we're not trying to ostracize anyone. It's really just, Hey, it's 2021. And we've, especially with the last year or two, it's clear we can't move forward in the way that we have been. So as a, as an industry, as a whole, we have a lot of problems. We have a lot of beautiful, amazing things. We are, we're amazing. This is, we provide, it's such a small group of people provides the entire world with such pleasure, joy, love, abundance, all of this amazing stuff. But we also have a few archaic systems that are very much in place and that get in the way of our growth in general as a whole, I think, for the industry. So this fragrance classification that I believe started in the 1920s and hasn't really gone away since technically covers the smell of 
vague amber, <laughs> vanilla, and uh, what was the other one? Like I guess spice and okay. amber and, and like oud. Oud obviously oud is in oud. there. Yeah, yeah. Oud is in there. Um, but Oud is, you know, relatively new, like 2010 That's onwards. That's true. Relatively new in, in the global industry, let's say. Yes, Sorry, yes. because not relatively new to the people who have been using it for hundreds of years. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, which is also, it's native to Laos, Thailand, Malaysia, and not the GCC, which everyone thinks. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, it started there and it stuck. And it also um, is technically a French word. It's not English. Okay. That's what I've noticed. So, and that's why I think it's difficult to change because even in Arabic, it means like they use when they translate sharki, they 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 say Oriental and they use it in Oriental spice, Oriental market. And I think it's also because there is a, a lot of colonization in those regions. Sure. Let's not deny that. So I do believe it is like a self-colonization situation. But I do believe it's also a language thing, which makes it very complicated. So okay. in French, oriental versus occidental, oriental versus occidental is how I think it came about. But it is still steep, like... It's Eurocentric. Deep, it's Eurocentric. Eurocentrism, exactly. Yeah. And very much in this weird geography that doesn't actually exist. Um, so that's really what is the problem and it became a bigger problem because there is a large community of Asian Americans who believed opium, Yves Saint Laurent's fragrance when it was launched was extremely offensive for a variety of reasons. And they also petitioned to be called Asian American, or I believe around that time or just before, uh, instead of Oriental. So there are a variety of people who don't agree with this nomenclature. A lot of people don't see the problem. And that is a lot of the, the pushback that we're receiving, even from some Asians, which is fine. Um, but if someone tells you they have a problem with something and you continuously, I guess, gaslight them by saying, oh, I don't see a problem with it, or this other Asian person or this other person told me it's fine, you're not really listening to a, a large group of people. And for me, it's actually, it does uh, the fragrance industry a disservice because it doesn't say anything about the fragrance. And that's really the most important part. Exactly. It really good point. Yep. Scent, and we're already having such a hard time communicating with people. Like people, when they talk to me about scent, they have such a hard time talking about scent. They're very intimidated by it. They can't find the vocabulary, yep. right? Yep. And so it's our job because we know how to describe scent and talk about it so vividly. It's our job to express things in a way that they can understand it. And when we're marketing, well, I mean, ugh, fragrance, fragrance marketing is a whole other discussion. <laughs> overly sexualized too. Like I'm so tired of seeing like a woman or a man, also very cis, like just, or heteronormative, like holding a bottle. What does that tell me about a fragrance? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. So it's really about how do we communicate our world, our sense, our stories to people in a way that they can absorb it, relate to it, understand, and possibly purchase if that's if that's the end goal. Uh, for obviously for the large companies, yes. So, no, I, I don't know. So that's why I that's really actually my biggest problem with it is that it doesn't say anything. And also, even when I, we talk about the genealogy classes, 
when we broke down ambry and balsamic and powdery and gourmand, I have them in a square and I have them all in one of each in the corners, okay? All the orientals, the so-called orientals, even florientals, all actually can be classified as ambery gourmand, powdery gourmand, gourmand, yeah. uh, balsamic, ambery balsamic, all under these four categories that are actually much more informative and clear than oriental. So and true. none of them are geographic, none of them are political, none of them are anything. They're actually smell or flavor-based, which is exactly. that's our industry. Exactly. That's what it should be all along, right? Yes. <laughs> but the pushback is, is hard, and the pushback is from the French. It's not like everything that we've done so far and everything that Yosh keeps pushing because Yosh is much more, like I'm behind the scenes and I like to do the, the work, and then Yosh is, is like, on, on the, on the phone <laughs> she's line. on the social media yes, she's yeah. on the front lines she's like hey she's she's making people like calling people out to be yes. responsible for it right and the whole the point of the petition is we actually gave people time we know it's a long it's a big change but it can be done is there still a petition is it yes, still yes, available it's up there yeah like the petition is up there the database that i created for a di like a diverse talent database it's all up there we're going to put it in the show notes okay i'm going to put it in the show notes sure, so yes, it's people all can look at it sign it if they agree with it, um, help push the movement even further. So yeah, but it's it's only changed in English, yeah. right? Or changing in English. This is not the first time I brought this up. Like, so we did an Orientals intensive, and Orientals was in brackets. Ah. And throughout that time, we talked. We did Orient. We did accords around that, and. I literally drew out a map of Southwest Asia and North Africa. This, sorry, this is the Institute for Art and Olfaction for those exactly. who don't know. Exactly. Yes. This was in 2018. Okay. And uh, that's where I, yeah, I wrote, like I drew up a whole map and I was like, okay, guys, this is Morocco. This is Algeria. They're very similar, but they don't even speak the same uh, dialect. They have different smell cultures. This is yes. where I'm from. This is where I lived. This is These are all very different scenarios. And then at the end, we also did, because um, it was a whole month, so we, there was all kinds of uh, events. The whole point eventually was opening the conversation to, hey guys, how can we change just the name of this category and do you have any alternative suggestions? And then we did uh, an article, I think came out not too, uh, long after that, which I was, I think was on Flair, and we got massacred in the comments. Wow! A lot of people were saying mean things and how, like, why are you bringing this up? And uh, this is not offensive. And it was just a lot of pushback. So when Yosh and I decided, okay, we're gonna do something about this again, it it was really scary. I, yeah, I was absolutely yeah. more trepidatious than she was because of this experience. And right, I, right. even looking still in the comments, there's a lot of people who still don't see a problem with it. But again, for me, I think it's more about the smell part and pushing our, our industry forward in a, in a modern and mindful way. And in yeah, a way that's yeah. actually just more um, informative and, and beneficial to, to, the, to, to our customers, to our clients, to the people who are consuming fragrance in general. Because they also will feel better about being able to articulate what they're using, right? Like people want to know way more about what they're using now. And you know what, when you, when you can articulate what you're using and what you are interested in, 
it, it's not as scary, you know? I mean, I think half the time people are afraid to say, I don't even know what I like. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's very intimidating, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Right? For, mm-hmm. Fragrance is very intimidating for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think it could be more approachable. It could be more global. It can be all the things that you're saying. And um, I'm, so, I'm still really glad you're doing it. it. Yes, it is scary, but the scariest things are the ones that cause things to change and to move. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to talk about related to that a little bit, but you've been talking about GCC. So explain to everybody what that means. It's the Gulf Corporation Council, and uh, it's a group of countries on the Arabian Peninsula that includes Saudi Arabia, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, Oman, Oman, uh, Qatar, Kuwait, Bahrain, I think that's it, seven? I think okay. that's And yeah. they're the GCC, okay. Yeah, they're the GCC. And then another- Yemen and, and Iraq, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's another term, which I learned through the Scent Festival um, presentation that you did, SWANA, which I had never heard of. Yeah, embarrassed to say I don't know that, but oh I no, want, don't be, don't be. I it's want very more new. people to know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, no, explain. it's so new to the point where my mom was like, "What's Swana?" Oh, okay, <laughs> like, right. okay. I feel better. I felt really embarrassed. That yes, I didn't yes, know what yes. That was. I, I still interchangeably use both. Um, okay, but it depends because even some people in that region are like, "Ah, whatever." So it, it, it's it's you know everyone's trying to be like politically correct. I think it's just geographically correct, and it's Southwest Asia. That's Southwest. it. But it's also oh, sorry, Southwest Asia and North Africa. So Swana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the North Africans. <laughs> North Africa, because North Africa is like it's like a different continent. And a lot of people don't think that you know Egypt, Morocco, Libya, Algeria, and Tunisia, that they're not African, but they are. They're just not um they're lighter people of color. That's that's really it. And 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 even that, um, all any people from any of these countries actually come in like they run the gamut in terms of shades and and looks. Right. To be right. honest. So Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Because Swana used to be what, Mina or Middle East, North yes, Africa? Yes, Mina was more of like a trade name. So it would be Middle East, North Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the okay. same thing. Okay. Yeah. Very it's good. just that instead of using Middle East, which is Eurocentric and also quite political in all these yeah. negative ways, uh, it's Southwest Asia, which is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what I like about the term swana is that and what you said I, I believe in your at least what i got out of the presentation was that it's about the raw materials that that are used in perfumery and aromatherapy for that matter um that represent that region right you're just you're going back to the materials and the, and the, and the cultures and moving away from the political that's the whole point yes but also more authentic storytelling yes because but- nothing pisses me off more than a French or British brand coming out with yet another, like, you know, Nuit Ombre or anything like that. And then talking about a very specific area. And I'll give this example because I, I think it's a really good one. It Penhaligon's Cairo. Okay. Uh, when we talk about fabled cities, I'm like, fabled cities? It still exists. Yeah. And uh, uh, fabled cities of rose and amber. And I think that's the most bullshit line. And it's the most completely misrepresenting line because. No one in Egypt would think of Cairo or Egypt as rose or amber related, not at all. Right, right. Uh, so that to me is hyper-Orientalism. It's complete like lack of understanding. It's false advertising. 
Yeah. And it perpetuates a misunderstanding from the people who actually use these products. So a lot of these non, like well, these European or, or Anglo brands, let's say, push these very like spice, spice route, Silk Road fragrances. Very and colonialism it, kind of. Yes, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just really problematic. Cause I'm like, what are you trying to say? Who are you actually trying to sell? What kind of story are you appropriating? And I do believe there's a huge difference between appreciation and appropriation. Yeah. Because I'm not saying you have to be from that country to make something for that country. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a very fine line. And most of the time you're coming, like, what is your intention behind your story? What is the intention behind the fragrance that you're selling? That to me is extremely important. Who yeah. are you, on whose back are you creating? Yes, yes. Because yes. I mean, there's so many Omani Dubai fragrances and they're all French perfumers. That That's, boggles my mind. You're absolutely right. I know that from... And I know for a fact that there are people on the, on the lower end or the lower levels of all of these fragrance companies who are people of color, who could be, who have like direct references or could have very new nuanced, authentic ways of approaching that same, same story. And telling stories. Yes. Telling stories of that material. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. I agree. I just think it's like, we're, we're, it's kind of like pop where everyone, we're just getting different so-called different stories but kind of from I'm not trying to say that all French perfumers are the same because that's really not my intention I think there's incredible French perfumers out there with immense talent I have to give that disclaimer um but yeah give give other people the chance to 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 give you another lens it's just another lens and and to me the whole point is just like with the Black Lives Matter movement whatever movement there is you're not taking away from some, you're not taking away something from somebody else. You're just bringing in more perspectives. You're adding, you're growing the story, right? It's not a, it's not a taking yes. away from. No, not at all. And even people feel BLM, like they're going to. It's about representation. Yes. It's about giving voice to the voiceless or the people who have, or the people who do not have the opportunity to, uh, to showcase their voice. Right, right. And how wonderful is it to hear other voice? I mean, let's hear all the voices. Why? Why are we only hearing one voice? Or is it like one voice filtered? It's like a it's, it's a a very general voice filtered with all yeah. these different so called diverse stories, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is not just our industry. This is all kinds of places. Right, right, right. Modern perfumery versus ancient perfumery are two very different things yeah, because yeah. the concept of perfumery started in ancient Mesopotamia. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of conversation about that. We have Nuri McBride talking about Taputi and multiple others. So there's all this stuff that came way before yes. like perfumery as we know it today. Yeah. There's all kinds of cultures, whether it's in Malaysia or uh, South America that yes. literally use South like America. converse and communicate through smell. There are very, very, yeah. a, a vast amount of cultures, traditions, rituals. Native Americans. Native all Americans. of them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And again, appropriation versus appreciation. That's another thing. Yes. Talking about Palo, sage, all of these things. Yes. Um, the, the herbal use of, of scent versus, and in ritual versus appropriating and commodifying these things. All of this stuff is very colonial, capitalistic, Eurocentric. Yes. Yeah. stuff that we can all do without because it's just yeah. again 
why don't we learn? So we can absolutely learn about other cultures through reading about these cultures, like braiding sweetgrass, for example, is a really good um, book to, to try or oh. through food, mm -hmm. through food. So try different, um, have different culinary experiences, go to an Ethiopian restaurant, try a Zanzibari restaurant, try a German restaurant, like try all of these different places and have access to this food. And I, that, I, I definitely believe that food and spices is an absolutely basic, easy, accessible way to learn about smell and to learn about culture. I think if anything, if you really want to learn about other, and if you're curious about other people and their cultures, go to their restaurants, ask them about their lives. This is all oral tradition. Oral tradition covers food and smell, I think. And these are things that are extremely important to, to, to keep passing on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's get back to our sense of smell. <laughs> Uh, if you don't mind. Um, totally. I wanted to ask you about scent culture in the places that you've lived. And if you, if you look back on the places that you can remember living, <laughs> maybe a little when you're a little older, when you have that or that perspective or through your parents too, how important is, is smelling or having scents around you in the cultures that you've, you've been exposed to and that you've grown up with? Like explain to people what that means. I think I'm very lucky to have experienced the, the, the strongest example of olfactory culture having grown up in Dubai, because I don't think that would have happened anywhere else. Okay. So I think that was very specific. And I just so happened to, um, I was actually a part of a big crew of people or crew of families who moved to the 90, to the, to the Gulf or the GCC um, in the 90s. Okay. And we're Gulf kids, as, as some of us are referred to. And it was a very specific kind of time. And because I grew up there and not in Lebanon or Egypt, I think my sense of smell is much more attuned. So I believe that 100%. Because I was surrounded by a lot of Rud and Bukhur and all of these new elements that, again, are not available in my cultures. Like, we don't have, we have, like, in Egypt, we have, um, the Christian Egyptians, the Copts, they have uh, incense in church, but we're we're Muslim. We grew up well, so, you know, uh, openly Muslim. Yeah, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, <laughs> like non non religious. Uh, in any case, you know. So a lot of my direct smell references were very much through my family and perfume and European smells. But then my natural environment was very steeped in Khaliji or Emirati smells. Okay. And that was a very interesting um, juxtaposition. And then going into uh, going to Egypt or Lebanon in the summers, I had that break. And also these are countries that are much poorer than Dubai and and these these countries. So being around uh, more polluted areas like Cairo, Cairo has a burning garbage smell that's quite imminent. Oh, I've been and yeah. I, it. I love it. I love the smell of the burning garbage in Egypt. I don't. Um, it's like a secret burning garbage note in my perfume nar, ah. which is inspired by Cairo. Um, and it's like, it's a sweet burning smell, but it's garbage. But that's something that I noticed when I was a kid and no one else, like my parent, like my family thinks I'm super strange. Um, 
but every time I would go back, so it was like the smell of uh, Cairo is very dusty, very earthy, very sandy. There's jasmines randomly. Uh, you've got figs and and all kinds of fruit sellers and, and all what I remember even the, even the donkeys carrying the carts and things yes, like that because exactly. I've been to Cairo and, and yes it's, it's just great it's chaotic yes but that's and the beauty of it alive yeah it's 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 a huge sensory experience it's so yes, wonderful it's exactly so, wonderful. so I was very very lucky to be able to go there almost every summer and then Lebanon is very different it's a yeah. temperate climate you have the sea you have the mountains uh, my grandmother, bless her heart, she passed last year or this, earlier this year, she had, she kind of hoarded a few things. And I re remember the smell of the, the leather and the dust and the smell of, I, I was, I'm also very extremely overly curious, even to this day. So I would like look into my dad's old photos to get to know him more. Uh, and like all of these different elements of Lebanon, um, the pine, I would remember the massive pine cones in the in the in the mountains. And there's a huge shift from Beirut, which is also congested, but not as much as Cairo. And then you driving into the mountains and you smelling the mountain misty air. There's like oh, something about that mountain yeah. mist that is like seared into my brain. So my whole life has been this like one big mix of smell sensory information that I've been harnessing over the years and it makes me feel so whole. Like that's the only thing that gives me um, satisfaction and peace in my life. Cause I, I live with anxiety and I'm much more, uh, much more anxious than I come off as. And so it's, 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 it's such a, a gift mm -hmm. to be able to have those memories and to no, be that's... able to remember them through smell like that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also like an oral tradition. It's a way that you can continue sharing these things, especially in diaspora, because you miss home so much and almost always you're thinking about the smell of the food or the scents of those places, right? Yes, yes. No, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to talk about the diaspora because, you know, people live all over the world yet and, and they try to find foods or, or recreate the foods from home and, and that's that's the smell, right? It's the flavor. Yes. It's the smell. Yeah, and that's how and you then... relate to people. That's how so many immigrants have opened restaurants yes. because it's the one thing they know how to do. And it's the one way that they can connect to others. It's true. It's true. So important. So important. Thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to briefly touch on your, your brand because I think it's really important that people understand. So the, the brand is Jasmine yes. Sarai. Yes. So how did you come up with that name? It's one of my favorite names. I actually would say Yasmin, but you say Jasmine. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, some Arabs have been like, hey, Yasmin Sarai. I was like, sure, whatever you want. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I thought about it like too much. I overthought it to the point where I didn't realize. And that's why it's JS Tahfan on uh, IG. It's because Jasmine Sarai is an actual Mexican girl's name. It is. In that spelling. I am shocked. Shocked. Wow. And I only found out way later. <laughs> Of course, of course. My That's mistake. how it always happens. <laughs> my mistake. So, um, but it's actually jazz and jasmine. Because okay. for me, it's always been scent music culture. So even the yes. Sentinel, the blog, it's always been scent music culture. And I kind of like live in those connections yeah. in that pyramid. Uh, and so I've kind of translated that in into in even the the brand name so it's jazz jasmine so scent music or yeah the other like way that. culture sarai is uh, my mother gave me that the name and it was it means palace so it's a word that's I, I believe originally turkish 
but it's used all over Southwest Asia, India, Bangladesh, like South, yeah, also South Asia, Southeast Asia, and Turkey. And so the idea was that you kind of like walk into this palace that has many doors. I could do whatever I wanted. Like in, in my head, I didn't want to be pigeonholed with the music idea. Also because the concept got, you know, low-key stolen. Uh, and now a lot of other brands have, have played with that concept. So I'm kind of bored with it too. And I wanted to have like the palace of scent and sound, but also this idea that it had many doors and it could be whatever you want it to be. And you can open another door and go into a, new, a whole new dimension and see what happens, you know? Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. No, I love I'm that you closing the doors on myself <laughs> creatively. No, that's excellent. Um, and I think yeah. just Very like scent, yeah, sorry, just like scent um, is so cultural, so is music, right? I mean, it's, it's that same connection. So I find that those two are really, they marry very well together. It's a- yes, but I also noticed that with music, it's a little bit more universal than scent in the, in the sense that you don't need a language or to, to know a lot about it. It's how you feel. And I think people intellectualize scent too much or perfumes too much and don't approach it like music. Which is why we should get there. Yes. And right? I mean, what my intention with Jasmine Sarai is, is really not like, oh, it's another brand. For me, it's always like I'm creating an experience for you and I'd love for you to experience something, whether it's a scent or a sound or a new story or a cultural element. So it's not just you are being sold something. I would love for you to experience something and then share your feel experience it. with yeah. me. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And is that what... is the most important part. I agree completely. It's all about the feeling. <laughs> And would you say that your um, synesthesia comes from that as well? Is it is it a synesthesia with color or is it with sound? Uh, it's actually with both. I didn't realize, uh, well, I spoke to David Howes, who um, the, the professor and anthropologist who wrote Aroma and he's actually, um, He's a professor at the Sensory Studies exhibit, or exhibit, the Sensory <laughs> Studies um, program here at Concordia. Ah. And I met him many years ago, and he said, if you think you have synesthesia, then you probably do. I was like, okay. But I've done a couple of tests here and there, so I can't confirm, but I do believe it's scent color and like texture. So if I smell something, I, there's a lot of colors, there's a lot of texture, et cetera. And then there's also a smell or sorry, sound smell. So if I hear something, I can smell it. But the one thing about sound smell is that I am afraid to say it's entirely synesthesia. I would call it intermodal perception because there is a slight delay. And I know with synesthesia, it's automatic. So I know like when I was in high school, I would say things like I would look at my, my schedule and I'd ask a friend be like, oh, um, Thursday's winter green, right? <laughs> like I would look and mon- Monday through Friday or Saturday, because our weekends were different. Uh, they All the days of the week had different colors. So that was the first thought. And it was only until perfume school where I saw the connections. Of, oh my God, uh, there's so much musical language in fragrance or how you need a lot of metaphor or simile to describe fragrance. That's when I realized, whoa, I actually think in all of these different ways. And even in the way that I would remember things for our memory tests or our smell tests, Sometimes I'd say this is green or this is fuzzy or that's this yeah, is that. Yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, let me. And then I met David House when I came back and I was like, cool. okay, I think I think I have it. Good. Or at least one form or another. It's kind of nice to have. I'm I'm very jealous. I think it's a nice thing to have. 
Or is it, it most of the time, but it can get very overwhelming, especially in social yeah. situations. I don't really go to like, well, not that there are many live shows, but I, I stopped going to live shows because I, I would feel it too much in my body. Wow. The base, I feel it in my, in my stomach a lot. Um, so I'm very, sometimes I get very sensorially overwhelmed and no one understands why. <laughs> and I have to explain like, I'm sorry, there's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The lights and the sounds and the people and and people also ask me, do you can if you smell sound, can you smell someone's voice? Which is a really good question. Yeah. And I don't think I can, but again, um, it's more colors and textures, and that's why I think I have more like smell and color and sound synesthesia versus sound to smell. Okay. That's intermodal perception and just the concept of Jasmine Sarai initially. Right, right, right. In different directions. But when you create your perfumes, it must just add such depth and dimension to how you create. I mean, it's such a, in that sense, it's a wonderful thing to have, right? For the creation process. Yeah, I mean, I'm a blender by nature, so it works out very yes. well. I'm a blend <laughs> myself and I blend in life. There you go. And perfumery is so inspiring and endlessly inspiring because it's a mix of all of these different worlds. So I, I use that with clients or for myself in every way. Like I'll be like, hey, give me a mood board, give me a texture, give me a word, give me a vibe, a song, yeah. a video, anything you want. And I think that absolutely informs your practice. And I think, I believe it's also the future. There's so many people who are poly and multisensory and have the ability to do so many different things. And it's almost asked of us now that we have to be all of these things, which is a lot sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is something that a lot of us are, are able to do. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we're all born with synesthesia. So oh. it is something that we are all able to do. It's just like our, all of our brains are kind of like mushed together. Yes. And yes. our senses separate as we age. Okay, yeah, they it's true. more formed. Mm -hmm. So we do have the ability to mix things and we are mixed media in general you know even though many people don't like mixed media as a term but whatever I mean no absolutely because and and that's with anything I, we always put things in compartments right because that's how we like to organize our brain in compartments but in fact everything is really messy and together exactly and everything our sensory system is in like all of our sensory inputs yes. or our inputs are working together in order for us to be perceiving something that to me is amazing I know it's the best or like, think about, um, I also love to tell people like there's a lot of molecules in other thing in plants or other things that you can find in fragrance, or you can find them in other plants that are yes. found in other materials entirely. Yes. Like you see everything is connected. Yes. That's the beauty. I always like to finish our conversations with three questions that I asked my guests and I did send those to you. So hopefully you had a chance to think about it a little bit. If not, that's fine too. Be spontaneous. But um, are you ready to start? Yes. Excellent. So what is your favorite smell right now? It's a blend of something I made for myself for the first time in a while. And it's this rose amber. Um, blend and it's getting very cold so that's kind of what's giving me uh, a lot of joy it's like a rose oxide rose amber with a little bit of musk and ambrox just for me very nice so nobody else can smell it it's just for you no no because I've, <laughs> I've given people things I like and then that's a whole other story so sometimes okay. I've learned to just make stuff for myself sometimes not that I do rarely because the cost of materials yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm you know I made a five mil 
something that just gives me a little bit of peace and warmth and joy uh, and to ground me a little bit. It's important to do something for yourself. That's I think yeah. it's totally acceptable. It's not a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> and I'm on a rose kick lately. I think rose is really warming and soothing and grounding, especially in autumn. autumn. I mean, and, and given these times that we're in too. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> we need a little love and connection, I think. Yes. <laughs> All right. Second question. Do you have a favorite scent memory that you'd like to share? One of my most meaningful would be my grandparents, my Egyptian grandparents have uh, an abundant garden mm. and there's an art, there was an archway of jasmine oh. that would permeate um, in the evenings while we're sitting outside. My grandma would also show me her um, peach blossoms. Yeah. So just like my grandma's garden yeah. guess, in Cairo with all of these beautiful flowers. She also had mangoes. Mm. Mm. Sounds lovely. Yeah. And then the final question, can you tell me five smells that best describe you? Uh, this one was, was really hard, but Jasmine is a really obvious one, but it's, I wouldn't be who I am without that flower. Like if I could be a flower, I would be a jasmine for so many reasons, including the dark indole parts, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't be beautiful or you can't have that like beauty without darkness and that and that's the way I see jasmine. Musk, mm -hmm. but like, can it be one material or can it like, it's the body shop white musk. As a Whatever you want it to be, yeah. Perfume school, Mar Max Gavari, the perfumer would say, I can smell the white musk before I walk into the lab, Dana. You need to put less. <laughs> and I would literally put two sprays. So he has a very strong nose, obviously. Uh, so it'd be a, a blend of jasmine and musk and maybe a little bit of coriander because it's um, sparkly. Maybe it's a toss up between cardamom and coriander because I'm, I'm, I go hog wild for cardamom. Yeah, I really didn't know how to answer this one. Um, let's say jasmine, cardamom, musk. Kind of like the new jasmine perfume I made. That's so funny. Oh, cassis base, 345B. <laughs> I love it. Very specific, very specific. Yes, uh, I smell green mango. A lot of people smell black currant, but that I think is a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah. You grew up in Europe or have that aspect of like black currant in your food and yeah. Yeah, yeah. One last one, right? Is it five? I want to say frankincense. Hmm. You haven't even mentioned that one throughout this conversation. Interesting. I haven't, no. But just a touch. Just a touch. It's 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 just the accent touch. on top. Yeah. Or I would be like a blend of um it like incense, like actual bukhur incense. So not just frankincense, but also like a blend of burning sure. a sweet. Like if you've ever smelled Sudani incense, it's mm -hmm. Uh, some some versions, including the one that uh, is being released, we're releasing it tomorrow with El Sara. She's a, a Sudanese singer mm -hmm. who makes her own incense. And Sudani olfactory culture is very based in matrilineal um, recipes. And it's sandalwood mixed with a lot of different things, but also kind of wrapped around in sugar. So it's sweet sandalwood. It's so mm -hmm. delicious. Wow. That's it's amazing. Like, it's ambery and opulent and very sandalwoody and smoky and sweet. So it's kind of like Veltol plusy cotton candy because the, the, the sugar kind of caramelizes as it burns. 
So yeah, all of those things, that's me. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. I think you need to make that into a perfume. (laughs) I mean, my new Jasmine perfume, which was, I was hoping to release now, um, you know, I, I would absolutely wear that a lot. It has ginger and a shit ton of Jasmine or a lot of Jasmine. You could cut that out. Um, and then just like leaf and soil. Like I wanted a hyper-realistic street Jasmine, you know? Right. Right. Not the cloying indole. Yeah. 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 The, no, I, I, those are the things sometimes that turn into the synthetic Jasmine that people go, Oh, that's too much. Right. Well, it's because of regulation and and budget, which was like, whatever, we're going to (laughs) make Jasmine perfume. No, but it's hundred percent regulated. Trust me. No, no, no. I made sure because if I changed a whole bunch of rules on Jasmine, so I needed to be careful, but the price. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It's three different types of natural Jasmine. Well, thank you so much for those descriptions and Lastly, can you tell people where they can connect with you on social media, what your website is, you know, what's the best place if they're curious about all that you do, all the wonderful work you do? Okay, so I go by JS Parfum, J-S-P-A-R-F-U-M-S on Twitter and Instagram. It's Parfum, Jasmine Sarai, P-A-R-F-U-M-S, J-A-Z-M-I-N-S-A-R-A-I on Facebook. Wow. And it's just jasminesarai.com.com. Yeah, like on, online, jasminesarai.com. So J-A-Z-M-I-N-S-A-R-A-I.com. And my name is Dana, not Jasmine. It means Pearl. And uh, I'm very different from this brand, but it is also me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a huge extension of who I am, but what makes it Jasmine Sarai is the people who love it and understand it and appreciate what I'm trying to do. I do it for you. So thank you. And thank you, Fraukas. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.